What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fitness Realty Channel. My name is TJ McClelland, and I'm the broker. I'm super excited to share all the things we have planned with you. So sit back, strap in, and let's have some fun. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are and whatever time this is happening for you. I am TJ McClellan, broker of Fitness Realty, of course, welcoming you back for a sweet, sweet episode. This one is going to be kind of fun, all about sellers and the things that we offer to sellers. So we're going to go over the top 10 service areas for sellers. So I have a list next to me, so I'm going to be checking that frequently. So the top 10 needs, these are kind of the needs of a seller. So each seller does have a specific one that they may gravitate towards, but eventually each seller will either have a portion of this need during their transaction, or it'll be something that is really on their priority list. So if you hear the one that really strikes the nerve for you, make sure you understand that one specifically, and then see what we do to to bring or see what we offer to bring to the table to make sure that that service or that need can be met. Okay, so first up, let's go over needs analysis. So a lot of times with sellers, we we definitely have to go over the needs analysis. So let's kind of clarify this. So we will help clarify the motivating reasons that you want to sell. So let's say your reason to sell is you want to downsize. So this happens frequently in our market, typically with a little older generation, a lot of times. So they will want to downsize maybe they're empty nesters now or maybe they're just going to head down to st george or florida and they just want to get a condo or something like that so there are motivations for sellers to sell for those reasons there let's say you're selling because you have to pay off some credit card debt and you don't want to do a cash out refi and you just want to rent again there's no big deal there we will help you with that there may be some opportunity for us to show you some extra items that may help you out and be beneficial but if you do just want to pay down some debt and get out of that house we will help you sell it for that reason as well all right let's talk about the other side of that let's maybe upgrade in the home that you currently have this happens all the time for our first-time home buyers typically if they bought something that wasn't their dream home and now they want to get into the next stage of whatever their dream home looks like they will have a home to sell so maybe that's a little condo maybe it's their starter home it's kind of weird to say that now in salt lake county because a typical starter home is like half a million to six hundred thousand so that it just sounds different in today's dollars so we will do that needs analysis though so we will bring the tools to the table to help you analyze the reasons why you need to sell and typically you already know those but sometimes we can have insight that can help bring some knowledge to the table or some experience so that we can help kind of flesh out that idea with you. The second thing with the needs analysis though, and this one's the big one, is timing. So I'm consistently talking to my sellers about what the timetable looks like. And honestly, when I go into a listing appointment, the timetable is one of the biggest things that I talk about. One, the timetable to sell. I always want to talk about the experience or bring my experience to the table that will show how long it takes to get a deal done. So maybe that's from putting a sign in the yard to finishing up the deal and getting you guys out of there. Or maybe that is from signing documents to list the home to closing and getting the new buyers in there. But the timetable is very important. And one of the, the timetables that I love to talk about is the experience level of the day we list to the day we accept a contract. 
So that marketing period right there is very, very crucial. And if a listing agent isn't doing it correctly, they can really damage the deal or damage your ability to earn what you're trying to look for in that deal. Of course, we can't just put an artificial price on it and get, you know, whatever you guys are dreaming about. But there are things as realtors and especially on our team that we do to really push that marketing and make sure that you get the most value out of that home that you have or that's possible. Okay, lastly on timetable, and a lot of sellers might not realize this, but the timetable of when you want to list and when we want to sell. If we're listing it in uh, November, let's say right around Thanksgiving, that is historically the worst contracts in the game. And like my mom says, we call it a game, but it, it is a lot of strategy going into this, of course. But each transaction is a little different. But if we have the ability to avoid that timetable of November, December, potentially like right around there, maybe a little bit earlier, a little bit later, then we can avoid historically the worst prices in a one year lump sum of averages. So you can always think of our markets as as soon as the winter hits, everything kind of goes downward. The prices may still be going up at this time of shooting this. The prices were going up through the winter. And really, that was a lot of outside factors. But if you had everything stay constant and then the winter hits, the prices do decline. And that's because the demand just isn't as high through the winter. Let's take, for instance, if you have horse property, horse people hate moving all their hay and horses and all their stuff in the winter. It is very, very hard. So typically, if there is a way that we can wait to list your home outside of those time frames, that's the best. Now, historically, the best times are right at the end of May. So probably the last two weeks of May into June. Historically, I could show you many graphs where that is the bell curve right around there. And I can show you when the, the contracts are closing that are the highest. And then we just go up or forward from that about four weeks to six weeks because each contract can take about four weeks to close. So then we just give a little buffer on two weeks or six weeks on each side of that. And then that's how we kind of get to the last two weeks in May to middle of June being the best time to list your home. Okay, so that's all, all about needs analysis. We're probably going to cruise these a little bit faster. So if I get wordy about it, I apologize. But I want to make sure that you guys have the most information up at your fingertips. All right, let's talk about pricing strategy. So the next need that we bring to the table that we can answer for each seller is our pricing strategy. So in my current business that I like to run for my clients, I love to kind of do a price strategy that is a little bit lower than the market value. Let's say not too low. Eventually, this is a little uh, foreshadow. One day I'm going to launch a $1 listing and let the bidding happen. So right now, I haven't had that happen. I did have a client that almost took the ride with me. So thank you, you guys, for even considering it. I couldn't get them fully on board, but I think that the next go around when we sell their house again, that they might be the first one. So I'm excited to do that one day. Anyway, I do like to price it a little lower so that we can get that marketing action on it and get the pricing going and getting the bids going. I like to do it that way because the buyer pressure just becomes a little hotter and sometimes we can help push that price over market value just by a little bit sometimes we can do it by a lot but i do like to push it over that that market threshold a little bit the only way to do that though is with some buyer pressure if you're on the other side and we start with a price that's too high 
there is a good chance that you're going to have to actually come down below market value to get the price action or the bidding action that you want. And then you've lost out on some of that market potential. So that's why in a pricing strategy, I know it sounds crazy and you think that you're going to leave money on the table. That's just not how it works. So we can get the most price or we can get the best price out of that home with a little bit lower market value strategy in most cases. It doesn't work in all cases, especially if the home doesn't look good. We did have a case with a home that just didn't look as good as it should have. Had a couple of things that needed to be repaired. And our, our marketing strategy on that one did not work because the bidding pressure just wasn't as high because people knew they needed carpet, knew they needed paint, and it smelled like dog. So there was a lot of market factors on that one. But in all of my other cases, we have pushed the market value above that market value with a little bit uh, better pricing strategy. Okay, so along with that pricing strategy, though, we bring what is called a net sheet. That net sheet shows you, as the individual homeowner, what you're going to net from that home, ballparks, of course. We do try to show you, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario. We do try to show you an average of closing costs. We try to roll that all up together so that you can see this is the end goal for you. And this is what you should net on this deal if we get what we want in the price. Now, the nice thing about the net sheet and what we bring to the table on that is that usually we're very realistic with that net sheet. Sometimes if we price it and we have comps that aren't true comps, then we'll have a different number. And that just won't be the case when we go to launch it live because launching it live is the only way to really get the heartbeat of that market value. So NetSheet just kind of gives you more knowledge to what is going to happen. But without launching it, we just don't know. So when it's launched, that's really when you're going to get that market value vibe. And that's what we bring to the table on that. All right, number three is the property preparation. So as realtors, we can advise on repairs and improvements. We can also provide staging strategies. In my opinion, staging a home does not do anything more to it than having it empty. I, I prefer an empty home. It just is lots bigger. It shows a little better. We're able to clean it way, way better. So it will smell nice, fresh. The people walking the home can envision their own stuff sitting in there. So in my opinion, I, I prefer an empty house over staging. But if you are still living there, which is the case with a lot of clients, then we will talk about the three D's that I like. And we'll probably do a deep dive into the three D's on another video. But we, we love the three D's. It is decluttering, depersonalizing, and deep cleaning. So those are the three easiest ways to get the most value out of your home right before you list. Mainly the, the part about decluttering, take out as much large furniture as you can. Just put it in the garage. We usually pack the garage because it's usually not finished anyway in there. And so nobody really needs to see the garage. Everybody knows what they look like. So just stuff it full of extra items of yours. Let's say large furniture, box up some of your stuff. The second D, depersonalize. If you have a big giant moose head, take the moose head down. If you have artwork that may might be tasteful, but not really something that everybody would like, take that down. Something else that happens a lot in Utah, especially, and uh, this happens everywhere, is a big wall with pictures of your entire family, which is great. That is awesome. When you're living there, that's great to personalize and show what you love. But when we get ready to list, we want to take as much of that down as possible so we can have a nice clean wall 
maybe replace it with something that is just generic artwork to put up. But in my opinion, I like a fresh wall. So take it all down, patch up any holes if we have holes. And that way we can depersonalize the home so more people can see it as their home instead of your home, right? We're trying to get each buyer to envision that they own it instead of you. And then number three, deep clean. I don't know how many times this happens, but it happens a lot in most of my transactions as I walk in and I'm like, yeah, it's clean, but it's not like to the level that we want to show it. So typically I'll, I'll suggest either one new room of carpet and a little bit of paint and a deep clean. If we don't have money for carpet or paint or we don't have time, there's a lot of factors there. So I just try to deal with each situation at the same time or differently each time. If we don't have time for those items, then we'll just do a good deep clean. And sometimes what we try to do is if there isn't a way for you to get all that done, we do have a person that cleans homes for us. And sometimes we'll roll that into the closing costs if you don't have money to pay for that up front. So we do have a lot of tools to help you get your home sold. But those are my three favorite ways to add value to your home right before you list. And that's something that we bring as realtors for the property preparation piece. So if that's the need that you have, we bring a lot of tools to that table. I could tell you some uh, stories and I may, I may go into this on another video. I literally had two clients that got married. They each had a condo and they just literally said, here's my keys and get it sold. And they said, just make it happen. So they moved to their new house. I had two condos to get ready and literally gutted them got them painted, got new flooring in, got them deep cleaned, and then we sold them and I made them each an extra hundred grand on each condo. So it was awesome. Anyway, that's property preparation. Okay, let's go to the next one. Sorry for taking so long. Let's talk about marketing strategy. So remember when I was talking about your timetable, the marketing strategy is that piece that I was talking about from the day we list to the day we accept a contract. That's the marketing strategy. So each one of my agents go through a marketing plan. They talk about or in the training, we talk about marketing strategy and the things that I like to do for marketing. There are so many different avenues that we can use for that. We have a sign. We have the MLS. We have Facebook. We have all the social media platforms. We could do flyers. We can do an open house. There are so many different avenues that we try to tap into for marketing. Each home kind of is a little bit different because sometimes the homeowner, as you guys, you might not want it posted all over social media. Okay, that's fine. That just eliminates one of our avenues. Sometimes you might not want to sign in the yard. You don't want your neighbors to know. They're going to find out eventually. So that one's kind of hard to, to beat around the bush. But maybe we won't put a sign out. But we do have a very specific marketing plan. And it's all kind of a la carte. You get to pick and choose what you'd like us to do from there. If you're interested in an open house, sometimes that is a good way for somebody on our staff to pick up the other side and find that buyer. And sometimes that can save you a little bit in commission. So if that's part of your strategy is to save a little bit of money, that might be part of the marketing strategy is to pump out an open house or as many hours in an open house as you'll give us. All right. And then the marketing timetable. Real quick, this is how I like to launch every listing. I try to do all of our documents we're going to sign on any weekend. And then we try to shoot professional pictures on Monday. I have a photographer that I love. We shoot with him. We shoot those pictures on Monday. We get the pictures back. Well, and typically I shoot my 3D walkthrough. I shoot them personally for myself. I mean, I shoot those for the client at the same time. 
And then typically we get the pictures and the 3D walkthrough back on like Wednesday morning. And then sometimes if we're ready to launch, we go live with the listing on Wednesday night. Sometimes it's Thursday night. So that one's kind of up to you. And then we try to do an open house Friday night. And then I try to run an open house Saturday midday for as long as you'll give me so that I can pick up that buyer, hopefully. And then also just puts your home out there and gets the bidding pressure on it. And then typically I don't do any open houses on Sunday. They they have been hit or miss. Sometimes they're just like fire and sometimes they're just really dead. So it just really depends. So Sunday, I don't love doing an open house on that on Sunday anymore. We typically try to just run it hot on Saturday. And then I like to accept offers or look at offers on Monday, either in midday or we're accepting something in the evening. And if you've listened to me about our pricing strategy and we started a little low, we should have all the bidding pressure that we need to push up the price maybe a little bit over market value because there's a little bit more action on it. That's how I run every listing. I mean, plus or minus a little bit depending on the client, but that's pretty close. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about receiving an offer. So this is number five on uh, the, the top 10 seller ways or top 10 seller needs. Okay, so we are receiving an offer. So we've done our uh, marketing strategy, pricing strategy, we've listed, We've now we're receiving offers. So our job is to make sure that we're receiving all the offers. And that is a crucial piece because sometimes if you have a listing agent that is kind of willy nilly, they might miss one of the best offers if they're not checking their spam folder or they're not making contacts with the, the other agents on the other side and letting them know, hey, we have multiple offers. Do you guys want to step up your bid? There are ways to kind of coax a little bit extra out of those buyers. And that's what we do. So we receive those offers. Okay, number six, negotiating to sell. Negotiating is so, so big. This is one of the biggest pieces that we bring to the table because sellers always feel like we left money on the table. Maybe we didn't sell it for as much. Maybe we're giving up the kitchen sink, stuff like that. I've heard a lot of weird analogies or old sayings and stuff. I don't do old sayings very well. So I always try to say them, but I'm bad at them. So that just happens. <laughs> okay, so we do negotiate that sale though. So we bring to the table either negotiating the price, uh, negotiating the terms, negotiating the deadlines, maybe we need certain leasebacks, there are so many avenues to negotiating each transaction. And all of them are different. All of them are based on the needs that you have, either you have a timing need, right, you need to move out soon, maybe you're taking a new job, there are so many factors, and we bring a lot of insight to those factors. And then really, the biggest thing in the negotiating part is we're advising you on those final terms and conditions so that you can feel happy about it. And you can feel confident that you got the best deal. And I love to help sellers understand and feel comfortable about the choices that they're making. All right, then up next is sell. Of course, duh, that's what we do. We sell. But part of that is to prepare the post contract work list. Maybe that's repair items that need to get done during that contract. Maybe it's that we can advise on repairs and vendor services to get ready for that sell. Or maybe it's during the contract. There are a lot of things that we can do with that one. I feel like that might be one of the weakest areas in a needs analysis. It's a home. 
If you've been living there for a while, it probably needs some form of maintenance. So there are some things we call them deferred maintenance items that just homeowners haven't done. Maybe it's cleaning your vents. Maybe it's the HVAC units a little older and needs to be cleaned out. Maybe it needs to be replaced. Maybe the water heater is a little old. Maybe it needs to be replaced. So we do bring those items, but almost every seller knows that they have some stuff to get fixed. So we either fix it before the contract, before listing, so that it's not a, a need or it's not a factor for the buyers. We're fixing it during the contract. And sometimes if the market's hot enough, which it has been, we just forego it all together and let the buyer say, hey, we're willing to take this project on anyways. And there are times that we advise that too. There are clients that I've had that we've advised, let's not fix anything. Let's just launch it, get it gone, and you can take the money and run and let the new buyers deal with all the things that they might have pop up. All right, pre-close preparation. So getting your contract and getting to this point, there are so many factors, each transaction's a little different. In the preparation to close, there are a lot of factors there as well. We need bank account information at the title company so that you can get either check or wire, depending on if they're going to do a wire or check, whatever you want. There's a lot of factors there with title that we can always talk to Misha to get all that information. But we are coordinating. We're supervising the document preparation. We're making sure everybody comes to the table on time or at their specified time. And we're making sure that everything gets lined up so that the close of this transaction can happen. There's a lot of factors going into that to get it closed. And honestly, at the end of the transaction, it really feels like you're orchestrating something to get finished, which is literally what's happening. But there are so many different pieces and sometimes people forget a minor piece or a small piece or something major too. But sometimes it, it puts a hiccup in the closing and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I thought we were closing today. And then you're like, I guess we're not because something got dropped, right? So as realtors and our staff, we're very focused on getting to the finish line. So that is making sure everybody's getting communicated with, getting this deal lined up, and making sure everybody gets to the closing table, and making sure that we actually get closed. Oh, which is funny enough, brings me to number nine, the closing part. We are helping you review those closing documents. We're resolving any last minute items, which... Last minute items always pop up in a contract. That just is what it is. And then completing the transaction. So there are a lot of factors, like I said, and a lot of it's based on around title. And it can be based on your buyers getting to the, to the title company and getting closed. It could be last minute fund transfers. It could be last minute document name changes, stuff like that. There's a lot of factors that go into that. But we love to help bring the experience level and insight to actually make sure a lot of that stuff doesn't even happen. Because we've seen it before. We're anticipating it or we've actually mitigated it all together in a lot of cases. And so we get you to complete the transaction and get the closing done. All right, and then lastly, post-closing. I know a lot of these, like here at the tail end of this discussion, some of these are like, yeah, of course, if you're not doing that as a realtor, like you probably suck. So, <laughs> but the post-closing is a factor. It might not be the need that you have currently because you might only be thinking about price, which happens all the time. Most of our clients are very concerned about the money that they are going to make, which is great. We're always concerned about that as well. But finishing up the transaction and getting to closing, that can literally be a lot of the factors that you might not be considering 
and we will bring that to the table. So post-closing really quick, we're helping you coordinate your move potentially. We're helping you coordinate the timing on that. Maybe we had a lease back, so maybe we've got two weeks extra in the home before you move to your next home. We do bring to the table a lot of insight about timetable with the post-closing actions, so there are a lot of features there. But without going into too much detail about each transaction, just know that we are helping you navigate post-closing. And, and sometimes we even will answer a few basic questions about what to do with some of the money that you just made or if you have tax implications. We can't advise you on a lot of that, but we will kind of try to point you in the right direction. Typically, I just say hire a tax advisor if you made a, a heaping amount of money or something like that. Hire a professional for sure. But sometimes you can just be pointed in the right direction for questions that you might have for that. Okay, so that was all 10 service areas, I think, that are most of the, the uh, or maybe the top 10 service areas for a seller. So we did go over the needs analysis, pricing strategy, property preparation. Remember my three Ds for that property preparation. That would be declutter depersonalize and deep clean. We did go over marketing strategy and what I feel like is my favorite way to market a home. We did go over receiving an offer, what that looks like, what it feels like, negotiating the sale. So negotiating on those offers, the sale portion, what's happening during that contract. And we did go over the pre-close preparation, what you guys need to know to get ready to close or what we're orchestrating as realtors to make sure you get to the finish line. The actual finish line, we talked about closing. That would be number nine. And then lastly, post-closing and what that looks like and what that feels like. All right, hopefully you guys learned a little something about this. And if you have questions about what happens with sellers or you have a different need, leave a comment down below if you're on the YouTube channel. I would love to hear if you have a different need than those top 10, that would be great. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Love you. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you so much for supporting us. We'll see you next time. And we love you. Later.